I read this article in the New York Times about Sinead O'Connor that completely shattered my previously held beliefs. This is the kind of journalism I just didn't expect to really see. Talking about John Coltrane, one of my heroes, and Gustavo Cerati, you know, one of the most iconic rock stars in Latin America. I listened to this episode of The Daily, and I thought it was doing a good job trying to explain the French point of view. It's made me a lot more thoughtful in trying to look at different perspectives. My father, we don't agree, but I often text him articles and we'll discuss it later. The New York Times is my doorway. It's my connection to the world. My name is Marco. I'm Jordan. Vera. Victoire. I've been a subscriber of the New York Times for six years. 21 years. From the time I was a child. The New York Times for me is about the joy of uncovering something new in the world. Find out how the New York Times can fit into your life at nytimes.com slash life. Hello listeners, before you get into the latest PS5 episode, I'm here to let you know that each week you could get this episode and all other episodes ad-free and up to three days early. Not only that, you can also gain access to Patreon-exclusive PlayStation shows that focus on sales numbers, all-time lists, showcase predictions and more. Head over to www.patreon.com forward slash latest PS5 or click the link in the description to join our PlayStation community and show your support. Now, enjoy the show. Incredibly exciting. It's really about as a developer, that's an amazing feeling to have. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to episode 118 of the latest PS5. Now, we have a little conundrum here. Work schedules came into play, and as a result, it's just me this week bringing you the latest news from the world of PlayStation. We delayed, delayed. I had work schedules, Alex had work schedules, and we just couldn't align them this week. It was super hard, and... Obviously, the choice is, okay, do we just leave it? But no, we always want to make sure you get the PlayStation news. So you're stuck with me this week, and I'm going to bring you a lot of news this week. We've got Naughty Dog updates, God of War modes, visuals, and more. Sony London's next project, Discord on PS5 plans. And we also have something a little special for you during this Halloween week episode towards the end of the show brought to you by our wonderful Demi. So make sure you stay tuned for that at the end. Trust me, it is worth it. Now, before we get into the news, we always do this um, little section of what we've been playing. Alex, what you've been playing? Not God of War, yep. Not Horizon, yep. What you've been playing? Oh, a game that you've already finished like 10 times, The Last of Us Part Two. Okay, that's, that's fine. You're not playing something new that you haven't finished yet. You're still playing a game that you've clocked. 10 other times that is alex <laughs> anyway uh, i've been playing the medium and it's all right you know i know it got shit on quite a bit it's very easy to play um but it's got an intriguing story so far it looks like it's going to be an easy platinum as well so and it's free obviously uh if you have playstation plus extra or playstation plus premium so i recommend it for you guys but um Demi's game recommendation later in the show is much better than this. So, yeah, we'll go into the news right now, ladies and gentlemen. 
Okay, number one. Sony Interactive Entertainment is establishing a new development team to work on a AAA title alongside Naughty Dog and Visual Arts. According to a job posting for a senior producer at PlayStation, the as yet unnamed project has a clear vision and plan to release. So this is a little bit of a description in the advertisement. Sony PlayStation is building a new internal game development team in partnership with PlayStation Studios Visual Arts, an award-winning full production group that specializes in animation, motion capture, cinematics, art, and scanning. This high visibility project is being developed in collaboration with Naughty Dog. Though currently unannounced, we have a clear vision and plan to release. Using our existing expertise and premier talent, we will guarantee a high visual quality bar for the game and a compelling experience for our players. So the position requires that applicants have worked on two or more published AAA titles, at least one of which must have been as a senior producer during the entire development cycle. Now, there's two possible candidates to this. Number one, the project that is being led by Neil Druckmann who announced work on a new project back in Gamescom. So if you remember when they were showing a bit of The Last of Us remake, he mentioned that he was in charge of a new product, uh, project, sorry, could be that one that they're hiring for. Or if rumors are to believe that's been going around for years, it could be for a new entry in the Uncharted franchise, which hasn't seen a new game in five years now. So before I move on with a little bit more Naughty Dog news, it's interesting. I mean, you can see the scope of development now on these games. The fact that, you know, animation, motion capture, cinematics, all this sort of thing shows just the high production value of PlayStation first party games, as you can imagine, specifically with Naughty Dog as well. Their games are like that. You know, you just got to look at the Uncharted games. You just have to look at The Last of Us. So exciting times from a Naughty Dog standpoint. But that's not all the Naughty Dog news this week. The developer has been working on a new multiplayer titled that being Factions for some time and a new job listing hiring for a producer to join its live ops team seems to suggest that this new title will also be free to play. We kind of knew this already, but, you know, this is like more confirmation towards it. Listed as a bonus skill is proven experience in a production role supporting a AAA free to play live title. Now, for me, what's interesting about this is that it could hint towards the kind of multiplayer title Naughty Dog is making. The idea that Factions is free to play does also seem to fall in line for previous listings, such as when it was hiring for a monetization designer. Monetization designer, what in God's green earth? Oh, the description, make us money, right? But I mean, there's three projects at Naughty Dog at the moment, you have Factions, which is the multiplayer title, which was spoken about at Gamescom. That is the standalone multiplayer mode of The Last of Us. You also have Neil Druckmann's project, which is unannounced, but uh, rumoured by Millie Amand, who we know is probably the most reliable insider who gives out information in regards to PlayStation on the internet. Um, what was I going on about there? I totally forgot. I just went on a tangent about her there. But um, yeah, so we know Neil Druckmann's got a game coming and we also know uh, that there is another project in the works. That's what I was saying about Millie. Sorry, guys. Totally went backwards there. 
she talked about how the new IP was going to be announced at the next PlayStation showcase, but it's currently in waiting as Sony obviously hold off their showcase because of everything going on with Activision, which again, she broke, I believe, as does many other people as well, uh, the hypocrisy to have a showcase, show so many exclusives like the Naughty Dog's new IP while you're debating the exclusivity of Call of Duty. It's not a smart move. Um, but yeah, it's going to be a very fruitful time at Naughty Dog and we're going to get fed as gamers especially if you like Naughty Dog games you know to have factions to have Neil Druckmann's project and the rumored new game in the Uncharted series we're going to eat good ladies and gentlemen we are going to eat good okay let's move on to number two and this is a long one ladies and gentlemen and it's a whole bunch of God of War news for you Firstly, the latest behind-the-scenes look at God of War Ragnarok has been released by developer Sony Santa Monica Studio this week, which looks at combat and enemies. If you missed the debut episode, then you can find it on all the PlayStation social channels, as well as Santa Monica's and the God of War one. Here's what Sony had to say on the latest episodes, which can be viewed, as I mentioned, on all those social channels. This episode will explore how the team at Santa Monica Studio is elevating the fluid and expressive combat of God of War Ragnarok, as well as the importance of building a unique, memorable and varied cast of enemies for players to test their skill against. Now, before I move on to the next bit of God of War news, I just got to say straight, it's great that PlayStation and Santa Monica are putting out all these little tidbits of information but i don't want to see anything else i just want to play the game now we're so close i'm not looking at these videos i'm not watching these videos i'm done i'm ready i'm in i want to play i want it to all be fresh and new i want to be wowed so yeah i will not be um watching these moving on to install sizes the ever reliable playstation game size twitter account has revealed that god of war ragnarok preload date is locked for November 2nd, 2022. So what that means is if you've pre-ordered the game digitally, you can download it to your PlayStation from November 2nd, you just can't play it yet. And the PS5 file size for the highly anticipated sequel is listed at 84 gigabytes for the US and 90 to 100 gigabytes for the EU. Now you're wondering, it's a PS5 version. Why is the EU version bigger than the US version by almost 16 gigs? Well, it's just audio covering the different languages across the eu it's all in the same one so obviously that increases the file size because it's holding extra audio the news follows a previous leak that god of war ragnarok ps4 download size is about 118 gigabyte which is listed for the eu version of the game not surprised there it doesn't have that crack and suppression technology in it and software in it like the ps5 does so the ps4 version is going to always be bigger on that one and it has to hold more assets because it's streaming them off a disk drive uh, and not an ssd expected for me that this game is, is, is huge it's massive it's big but when you consider that god of war 2018 which seems like a third of the size of ragnarok was a similar file size it shows you actually that they managed to keep the file size down if this game is three times bigger but we'll move on to visual options Santa Monica revealed details on the graphics modes for the upcoming sequel. And it's good news for those who with HDMI 2.1 TVs, as you'll get to push the game even further. God of War Ragnarok will feature a number of performance modes that prioritize both frame rate and resolution, 
although it's not just limited to the standard 30 frames or 60 frames per second options, HDMI 2.1 users will be able to take advantage of up to 120 frames per second. Ooh-wee! I cannot wait. So here's a list of what you can play the game as. If you want to favor resolution, 4K, 30 frames per second locked. If you want to favor performance, 60 frames per second locked. If you want to favor resolution, high frame rate, 4K at 40 frames per second locked. Or if you want to favor performance, which is a high frame rate, targeting 120 frames per second. Now, I love frames that, you know, they look great on the wall. <laughs> I love the frames per second. The more, the better. I played The Last of Us favoring performance and I've been converted to that. But looking at that at the moment i'm leaning towards a uh, favor resolution which is a high frame rate which is i get 4k at 40 frames per second locked i need to see what the resolution of 120 frames is before i decide that yeah i'm gonna do that but i'm presuming because i'm gonna platinum this game no doubt about it i might have to play it twice right and i know if i start at 120 frames it's going to be hard to go backwards so i think the way i'm going to play the game and the way you all should play the game if you, especially if you're going to go for the platinum, is start the game in favored resolution, 4K, 40 frames per second locked. So you're getting your 4K resolution, you're getting good frame rates, and it's locked. And then when you play through it again, you go up to 120 frames per second. Because trust me, once you go there, you ain't dropping down to 40 frames. It's going to feel slow. So that's my way to do it. Or if you only plan to play it once, maybe play a half the first half of the game 4k 40 if you have a hdmi 2.1 supported tv switch up to 120 see the difference but do not start the game in 120 because you will not be able to move back down and finally god of war ragnarok developer sony santa monica studio has confirmed that the game will receive a photo mode post launch so it won't be available day one speaking on twitter the studio didn't reveal any further details on the photo mode for the game but said more details would be shared closer to release God of War Ragnarok is due out for release on November 9th, 2022 for PS4 and PS5. We are just weeks away, people. Cannot wait. Cannot wait for this game. I know you can't because I can't. But yeah, I can see why if they wanted to put the photo mode in, they can. But I think it's one of those where they want the game to be taken very seriously and they have a lot of fun and jokey things in the photo mode that you can have Kratos do, whether it be dancing, funny facial animations and things. And I think they just want God of War to be seen as the game that it is before they add that photo mode to it. And hopefully they're also adding some like, you know, taking photo mode to another level like Ghost of Tsushima did and they're putting in filters, animated filters and stuff and it's just taking time before the photo mode is released but the priority as always we don't care about these things it's just make sure the game from a to b is absolutely stunning people are creating more of what they love with windows 11 and intel the best thing about windows 11 is the snap assist where you can have multiple windows open it's like having a clean room <laughs> and i've noticed the increase of speed i'm able to just render a lot faster for me honestly it's all but the pen i can do a little sketch not being afraid of doing anything wrong you have endless opportunities yeah it's pretty cool i'm just a fan learn more about windows 11 pcs with the intel evo platform at windows.com brings you closer pencil separately 
Hello latest PS5 community, it's Demi and I'm back with another shameless promo. If you enjoy listening to the latest gaming news each week, then you will absolutely love our YouTube channel. Over there you will expect to see a variety of videos such as live reactions, predictions, gameplay and so much more. Search latest PS5 podcast in YouTube or click the link in the description. Also, while you're at it, help to support our channel by subscribing so you never miss a video. Do it right now subscribe right now i'm watching you i'm gonna give you zero seconds to subscribe done it good back to the show okay number three sony interactive entertainment london studio has announced that it is working on an online co-op game for the ps5 which will be set in a fantasy inspired london that's the first time we've heard this people Speaking during an interview with GI.biz, Tara Saunders of London Studio revealed that the game will utilize the Soho engine and is being built specifically with Sony's latest home console in mind. It is our most ambitious game to date. We're going to take all of that innovation DNA and imply that into this online co-op combat game. In our concept art, you're seeing a take on a modern fantasy London. Our overarching theme is about bringing fantastical and magical elements and intersecting that with familiar worlds. And you don't get much more familiar to us than London. Sounds very Harry Potterish. Meanwhile, Stuart White, co-studio head at London Studio, added, We are proud of the history and innovation that we've done over the years, supporting all sorts of PlayStation technology, whether that's VR or AR or microphones or whatever. With this project, we really wanted to explore some new avenues and set ourselves some new challenges. We definitely wanted to try something a little bit different. And I think this new project really channels our brave values and allows us to push ourselves on a curious front too. It's an exciting future. It really is. Sony London had been hiring for the new PS5 title for a while now, although this is the first time we've got confirmation of the type of game the project is. A job listing posted back in October last year indicated the project will feature procedurally generated wills and content. So we're not getting a getaway then. Um, But we got Fantasy London. Very interesting. You know, it does sound very Harry Potter-esque. You know what I mean? That um, uh, You know what? It sounds like the boys in a way where if it's fantasy setting and it's in a real city like London, it means that you could be doing a modern take and it's a combat game. So it could be a modern take on London with people with powers and stuff similar to what you see in The Boys, which is an Amazon TV show. Can you imagine though, if it was that violent and stuff? Oh my God. But um, exciting to see that we're getting tidbits from Sony's first party studios and Sony London using the Soho engine, something we spoke about months and months ago. It's an exciting prospect. Okay, number four. According to a report on Insider Gaming, PS4 slash PS5 Discord integration is being lined up for March 2023 alongside the next major update for Sony's current generation home console. Previously, an image of the Discord mobile app showcasing PS4 and PS5 integration had many believed that the service would be coming to PlayStation sooner rather than later. Instead, it's apparently happening on March 8, 2023 to coincide with PS5 system update 7.00. 
Industry sources have said that update 6.50 is due out on January 19th, 2023, although noted nothing suggests that this is the Discord update. However, it seems that while the PS5 will display the game you're playing and support voice chat, the PS4 will only display what title you are playing. I'm not really bothered about this, but I know a lot of people who listen to the show and a lot of gamers are really excited about Discord integration into PlayStation consoles. The more features and the more options people have to communicate with one another or show what they're playing is always great. So we'll just keep that one on the back burner and anytime we get any updates about discord we will bring it to you on this show whether you're searching for record players or pianos how you pay matters visa helps protect you from payment fraud online visa a network working for everyone okay so the following news story if you told me about it, I wouldn't be that excited. But after the Netflix show and hearing about what engine it's using, I'm excited about it. So let's get straight into number five. The Witcher remake is officially in production at CD Projekt Red using the Unreal Engine 5, the company announced today. According to early details, The Witcher will be rebuilt from the ground up using Epic Games tech and is in the early stages of production at CD Projekt Red's Fool's Theory Studio. The company is composed of a number of veterans of the Witcher franchise, and CD Projekt Red will be offering creative supervision. Adam Badowski, head of CDPR, commented, The Witcher is where it all started for us for CD Projekt Red. It was the first game we made ever, and it was a big moment for us then. Going back to this place and remaking the game for the next generation of gamers is to experience it it feels just as big if not bigger collaborating with fool's theory on the project is just as exciting as some of the people there have been previously involved in the witcher games they know the source material well they know how much gamers have been looking forward to seeing the remake happen and they know how to make incredible and ambitious games and also although it will take some time before we're ready to share more about and from the game i know it will be worth the wait the Witcher remake is currently in the early stages of production at Fool's Theory and has yet to attract a release date or targeted platforms. It's safe to say it's not coming to PS4. It'll be PlayStation 5 and next-generation consoles and PC. And, yeah, you're looking towards the end of the generation. But, ladies and gentlemen, now you're thinking, why are they announcing this so early, along with announcing other Witcher projects and CD Projekt Red announcing other cyberpunk games? Well, that's because if rumours are to believe, are rumours to be believed? trying to get my words out here see it's so hard to do this podcast by yourself the reason cd project red are announcing all of the projects they have in development is because they are parties interested in acquiring cd project red and there are rumors going around that sony have approached cd project red a number of times and if you announce all the assets that you're working on whether it be multiple witcher games multiple cyberpunk games the value of your company goes higher so could CD Projekt Red be getting acquired? I think they are multiple companies in talks, whether it be Sony, investment from Tencent, you know, Microsoft, anybody like that. They could be interested in CD Projekt Red, and that is why they're announcing everything now. They've announced projects that are not even going to see the light of day 
before the PlayStation 6 comes out. So why are you announcing all that? It's because you're lifting the value of the company. But go, let's rewind. The Witcher remake, it's great because I never played The Witcher, the original. Actually, come to think about that, I've never played any Witcher, right? So to go back to the original game as a remake in Unreal Engine 5, it's exciting. You know, um, it's a great introduction to the video game side of The Witcher, for me anyway, because obviously I've watched the TV shows, season one and season two, absolutely great. So it would be nice to play the game as well. So, um, yeah, The Witcher remake, ladies and gentlemen, obviously do not miss, do not mix this up with The Witcher 3 PS5 update, which is obviously um, coming to PlayStation 5 as well. This is the original Witcher getting a full-blown remake, and we will keep you up to date anytime we hear anything about this game, which will probably be like 2020, late 2023, 24, probably. Okay, number six. Striking Distance Studios, the Callisto Protocol, will not receive a Japanese release as the game failed to pass CERO, that's zero, certification, due to its excessive violent content. The game's Japanese Twitter account reveals that the developer is ceasing work on the Callisto Protocol's Japanese release, explaining that in order for it to pass the zero certification, the studio would have to make a number of edits to the game's content. This, it believes, would not reflect the experience expected of players, although it did note that pre-orders will be refunded. The Callisto Protocol is scheduled for release on December 2nd, 2022 on PlayStation 5 and current generation consoles. Striking Distance Studios' Glenn Schofield has also admitted that he's already thinking about a sequel to the game. Last week, it was also confirmed that the game had gone gold amidst rumors of a delay and that the players would also benefit from a performance mode offering 60 frames per second. I told you, ladies and gentlemen, it's all about those frames. Now, I say this a lot and it's true. We are getting fed. Now we've got horror games galore coming out. You know, we've seen Dead Space gameplay, which looks stunning for the Dead Space remake. We've got the Callisto Protocol, which just looks messed up can't wait to play it you know Demi's game recommendation last week which was the chant cannot wait for the game Callisto Protocol that's the one to keep an eye out for it's coming out December 2nd if I finish God of War you know what I'm gonna chat shit because I just realized I forgot ladies and gentlemen listen to this I have God of War Ragnarok and for the first time ever football manager on PS5 on the same day what am I to do like what Really, obviously, I'm going to platinum God of War first and then play Football Manager because I know once I get into Football Manager, I'm going to be sucked in. I'm going to platinum that game as well because I'm a G. I'm a manager. That's what we do. If you're a real PlayStation gamer, you platinum games that you enjoy. Don't just platinum them for the sake of it because they're shit. Just platinum because you're enjoying it, right? That's what i got to say about that. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, I'm so happy that Demi does this and I don't have to do it myself because I would botch the recording many times because I've been talking for ages and doing a podcast by yourself is not easy. Alex, please come back next week. Otherwise, I'm just going to get Demi on the show. Oh, my throat. All right. So UK charts last week. Now we've joked all year that no game has been number one in the UK chart for four weeks in a row for a month. This is FIFA 23's third week, but it had some stiff competition from Gotham Knights and other new releases. So Demi, I'm going to hand it over to you to give us the chart 
did FIFA match Splatoon, Horizon, and many other games, Horizon multiple times, sorry, at achieving three weeks in a row at number one? Over to you, Demi. Hey everyone, I'm here to deliver the UK charts yet again. There are some new entries and some re-entries this week, so we're going to jump straight into it. Before that, though, we have an honourable mention. Although it's not in the top 10 for this week, Ghostbusters Spirits Unleashed made its debut at number 15 from Studio Ilphonic. 56 of the sales came from PS5, 23% from Xbox Series X, and 21% from PS4. Let's jump straight into the top 10. So we have Animal Crossing New Horizons at number 10, with Nintendo Switch Sports at number 9. At number 8, the evergreen title Horizon Forbidden West remains in the top 10 for yet another week. At number 7 is Splatoon 3, and at number 6, a re-entry, Persona 5 Royal. A Plague Tale Requiem entered the charts at number five. The title is a sequel to Asobo Studios' 2019 game A Plague Tale Innocence, and it landed a higher position than its predecessor, which debuted at number nine during a quiet month. Sales for the sequel triumphed on PS5, with 90% of its first week copies shifted on the platform and the remaining 10% coming from Xbox Series X. At number four is Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, with number three, Mario and Rabbids Spark of Hope. At number two, we have... Gotham Knights. WB Montreal's Batman title sold particularly well on PS5, with 78% of total sales coming from the platform. The remaining 22% came from Xbox Series X. And at number one, Come on, drum roll, please. I was right from the previous week. Fever 23 has held on to the top spot in the UK physical charts for a third week, despite a 19% decline in sales. Sales remained most popular on PlayStation formats. Hmm, there's a theme going on there. Well, that's it for next week, folks. Catch me next week for the update. So close. So close, you know, Gotham Knights could have taken the number one spot, but it didn't. FIFA held on despite that decline mentioned by Demi and it's number one. It joins Horizon multiple times at being number one for three weeks in a row. Now, the question is this, ladies and gentlemen, will it hold on to number one for a fourth week in a row with COD? <laughs> this is interesting will we get the first game 10 months into 2022 to hold on to the number one spot for a month which is four weeks or will cod ruin that we will have to wait and see and find out next week it's going to be a very important chart next week but before we move on to game recommendation just a side note the niho franchise have officially passed 7 million units sold that's Niho and obviously Niho 2. Speaking of Niho 2, that will be November's one of November's PlayStation Plus games. But 7 million for the franchise sold is great when you consider this type of game that it is. It's a very niche project, very niche title. But to have over 7 million players is a great success. Well done there. Okay, this bit I love now. You know, we used to do this ages ago on the episodes. Um, we stopped because news just got more and more and took up more space. But it's back at the courtesy of Demi. Thank you, Demi. Last week, she recommended the chant to you guys. Um, positive, overwhelmingly positive feedback from you guys after watching the trailer. This week, 
Demi has a new game for you that she recommends. And what she basically does is she just looks for games that aren't in that AAA mode. So she's not going to recommend the Callisto Protocol, which she's super excited for. She's not going to recommend God of War Ragnarok because you guys and you listeners know that already. What she recommends is games that are on the precipice of all that gaming chatter and um, just to put an eye on it. And last week, a lot of people really liked the chant and never heard of it before. So I'm going to pass it over to Demi. Can she get the same overwhelmingly positive response two weeks in a row? Or people will be like, what the hell are you recommending, Demi? No pressure. Take it away. Hey, everybody. My excitement continues for yet another week as I have a new game recommendation for you all to keep an eye on. Thank you so much for your positive responses to last week's recommendation, The Chant. I'm really looking forward to checking this one out as well. Remember, the release date for this one is on November the 3rd, so mark your calendars. But for this week, I want to talk about a game that I've always had an interest in, but I couldn't play because it was previously only released in Japan. But now... 14 years later, it's getting an English remaster and will be released early next year. And I'm pretty sure some of you might already know what I'm talking about. But the game in question is called Project Zero Mask of the Lunar Eclipse. Now, this is a third person atmospheric horror with multiple protagonists. So the game follows a group of amnesiac girls as they return to the abandoned island of Rogetsu. Their goal is to piece together a past that still haunts them. Abducted from a young age by a serial killer, the girls were found safely but could not remember what happened. Now here's where it gets weird. Okay, so two years after being reunited with their families, everyone on Rogetsu Island dies, including two of the five abducted girls. Now, an evil presence is after the rest of the group, which drives them back to the island. Along with amnesia, that evil presence manifests itself as disgruntled spirits, which you'll need to fight off with flash photography. Your camera will also allow you to see things in the world not seen by the naked eye. Alongside your camera, you'll be collecting items that will help you slowly piece together what doomed everyone before. What do you think? This one sounds so freaky. And along with last week's recommendation, I'm loving that these games are incorporating the mental states of characters. It just adds a whole new dimension to the game, quite literally. As I said before, this game will be released on all platforms in 2023. Definitely looks like it's been worth the wait. And of course, the link to the trailer is in the episode description. I'll see you next week for the next one. Yep. I'm excited for this game. Now, I have played a Project Zero game before, and they are scary. Like, if anybody has played Outlast with the camera, it's great. It's very immersive, but it was taken from Project Zero, which really started it. And some of the scariest things for me is Japanese horror. So to have that mixed with the camera, it's, it's scary as hell, you know, and I'm excited to play this game. Thank you very much, Demi. And as she mentioned, and I'll mention it again, the link for the trailer to that game is in the description of this podcast episode. So just look for the description of the podcast on your device that you're using, click the link, and it will take you straight to the trailer. And it's a minute and a half of your time, but you'll see the trailer, you'll enjoy it, and you'll be like, yeah, she's done it two weeks in a row. But listeners, okay, I'm excited now. This is a part of the show where we usually do letters. 
Demi will read the letters and me and Alex will answer them. But we don't have Alex on the show this week. So there's no point of me just answering it by myself. I'd rather hold those letters off and then do it when Alex is back. Listeners, we advise for the next 10 minutes, you listen to the rest of this podcast via headphones and in the dark. Thank you for listening this week. Over to you, Demi. Thank you, Sonny. I hope you all enjoy this Halloween special. Happy Halloween from all of us here at Latest PS5. The Road Trip. I was really excited. Today was the day. We were finally going to go on the trip that we always spoke about. Me and my best friend Sarah were going to drive across the States. And what made it even better is that we were going to do it in Sarah's new car. She got this car from her dad's friend. And to be honest, it all seemed a little too good to be true. This car was brand new and seemed to be way too expensive for Sarah to afford. But... Nonetheless, we were both super excited to see this bad boy in action. Sarah got to mine and we said our goodbyes to everyone and off we went. An adventure of a lifetime. As we made our way to the highway, I realised I might have left my charger at home and I didn't want to go back, so I asked Sarah to stop to see if I'd put the charger in my bag. Sarah told me that the bag was in the back seat. And when I looked, I realised that all of our belongings had been crammed in the back seats. This seemed silly, as there wasn't much space if we needed to rest back there, and we had a perfectly functional boot. This is when she told me that to get the car from her dad's friend, she was told not to use the boot. I asked why, and she just shrugged. I made some sort of joke about if her dad's friend has got like a dead body back there or something. She didn't laugh, though. After a while, Sarah was really quiet only giving one-word responses or sometimes just not saying anything at all. I asked her if she was okay, which in response, she only shrugged her shoulders again. I wondered if it was about the joke I made. I, I didn't know she was sensitive to things like that. I decided to lighten the mood a little and connected my phone to the orcs. Maybe she was just tired, but my tunes seemed to perk her up a little bit and we had a mini carpool karaoke session as we drove. Day was swiftly turning to night and it was my turn to drive. Sarah was visibly exhausted and she was grateful for the switch. She fell asleep almost immediately, curled up between the heap of bags in the back seat. I was sure to keep the music volume to a minimum and only lip-synced to the words at this point. That's when I started to hear it. A sort of dull, bumping sound. At first, I thought I just drove over something. After all, the road has countless potholes, so I thought nothing of it. But then I heard it again. And again. Repeatedly, almost rhythmically. It wasn't loud. It was rather muffled, as if it was coming from the inside of the car. The road was now clear, so it couldn't have been anything that I was driving over. 
Slightly panicked, I looked in the mirror to see Sarah sleeping soundly in the back. She obviously wasn't bothered by this, but at this point, it was starting to drive me insane. So I made the decision to pull over and take a look, thinking it must be like a loose part or something. I have heard horror stories about cars blowing up before and this didn't sound right. I pulled over to where I thought it was safe and sat in the car for a few minutes, waiting. But it didn't come. I checked my phone for the time. I had been driving for five hours and for the first time, all I heard was complete silence. I was actually shocked to realise I'd been driving for so long. Armed with my phone as a torch, I mustered up the courage to step outside to see if I could hear anything. But there wasn't a sound. No sound from anywhere. Not even a rustle from the trees. And no sign of another vehicle for miles. The silence was almost... consuming. At this point, I assumed it must be coming from the engine and I breathed a sigh of relief. To be honest, I didn't want to stay out there for much longer. The road ahead of me, apart from being dimly lit by the headlights, faded into complete nothingness. The air was thick and damp and a faint fog was swirling around me, almost inviting me into the darkness. Leaning against the car door, I stood for a few more moments, contemplating what to do. I looked back at Sarah through the side window, seeing her chest rise and fall as she slept peacefully. Looking at her made me realise how exhausted I was. Being out here was draining. I couldn't sleep here though. I needed to keep going, maybe just a little longer, to somewhere hopefully less creepy. I climbed back into the driver's seat and started slowly pulling off the road. Almost immediately, it started up again. Bump. I shot up straight, frantically looking around. Being out here really did make me paranoid and I was annoyed with myself for jumping. I just managed about half a mile down the road before it started to make the same rhythmic pattern as it had done before. For some reason... With the silence surrounding me, it seemed to be louder. Panicking now, I slammed on the brakes, to which I was greeted by a loud thud as the car came to a halt. We were in the middle of the road at this point, but honestly, no one will be driving down here at this time of night. It's the middle of nowhere. I got back out and I circled the car once again. I remember what Sarah told me about this forbidden boot. Sure, we can't use it, but what's the harm in taking a look? Besides, if there really was a dead body in there, it wouldn't be making the same noise constantly. Indulging in this newfound courage, my fingers curled around the boot handle. Instantly, the bump stopped. I tried the handle. Locked. <laughs> of course it is. I made my way to the front of the car and screamed. Sarah was sitting in the driver's seat, looking straight ahead. Jesus, Sarah, you scared the shit out of me. When the hell did you get there? But she didn't respond to my question. Instead, after several minutes of just 
sitting there in silence. She took the keys out and handed them to me. It was then she looked at me and she simply said the words, Go. Look. Her face was like stone, almost threatening, daring me to go. I didn't know what she was playing at, but I didn't appreciate it. Why was she being like this? Pissed off, I snatched the keys from her and I slammed the door. Clearly this was something I had to deal with on my own. The silence was back. Fuck it, at this point I didn't care what was in the bloody boot. I just wanted to get out of there. I shoved the key into the boot door and yanked the door open. I was too paralysed to scream. There gagged and bound in the boot was Sarah. Her throat was slit, the wound so deep that her head was almost completely off. The light from inside the boot reflecting off of the blood pouring from her throat. I, I couldn't do anything but stare at her dumbfounded, her eyes, glassy and lifeless, were fixed on me. Tears started streaming down my face and I don't know why but I leaned in closer. It, it couldn't have been her, she was just... Before I could do anything else, I felt an agonising blow to my head and another and another... I heard the deafening crack of my skull as each blow came. Then I felt something shove me and I collapsed inside the boot with Sarah. It took my phone from my pocket. There was a bright flash. Sarah smiled down at us before slamming the boot door, locking us both in. I hear the engine start. I wake up to the sound of my music playing. It's been hours, I think. It's been hard to keep count. But we're still moving and I think it's light again. Sarah is still sleeping peacefully behind me. I've propped her head up against me, so the bumps have finally stopped. <laughs>